Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Welcome to the Fogelnest Files. My name is Jake Fogelnest. I'm a professional. Here's what the show is. I found a bunch of stuff. Old clips of stuff. Remember when you would, like, flick through the dials on TV? Some of you probably don't remember that because you're tweens. But us old people, we used to flick through the dials. There used to be a show called Night Flight on USA in the middle of the night where they just show random stuff. And it was the best. Back a long time ago, if you wanted to see cool things on television or hear a cool record, you had to search for it. Now you can just go on YouTube and find it. And it's the greatest. And also the worst. Well, I have gone through uh, my extensive archives and the internets, and I've put together a bunch of random clips, and that's what I will do each month at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. And I'll be joined by a panel of hilarious people. On this first episode, I'm joined by Julie Klausner, who you know from her hilarious podcast, How Was Your Week, and her book, I Don't Care About Your Band, and Chris Gethard from The Chris Gethard Show, which is on public access, which is where I started. Chris has got a religious cult that he's running in New York City. It's very scary. This first episode of The Fogel Mess Files was recorded at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater East in New York City as part of the CBGB's Festival. And you're going to hear a lot of cool stuff. If you want to see the visual component of it, we will put up clips on our website, Earwolf.com. Without further ado, from New York City, Julie Klausner, Chris Gethard, and Jake Fogelmas, professional. This is the first episode of The Fogelmast Files. Please welcome to the stage your host, Jake Fogelnest. Everybody. Welcome uh, to the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater East. My name is Jake Fogelnest. We're going to have a civilized discussion about punk rock. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, yes, Julie Klausner is here, and uh, Chris Gethard is here. You're not as excited about uh, uh, Chris Gethard. I know, she's very, very funny. She will be out here in like two seconds. Do you want me to just bring her out now? Okay. She, she, oh, she's a delightful young lady. No, I have assembled a really hardcore punk rock uh, uh, panel tonight. Like, if you think about, like, who's more hardcore punk rock than me, Julie, and Chris? Wait, let, let, let's bring them out. Uh, Chris Gethard and Julie Klausner, everybody. Look at this. Don't call the cops. No one be intimidated. 
How are you guys? Hello. Hi, Jake. Thank you for being here. We're, we're going to... Uh, Jake, I want to thank you for accurately noting that the crowd was not excited that I was here tonight. <laughs> Excited she year. did not seem, with well. all due respect, she did not seem as excited about you. She wasn't, but Jake, it wasn't just her. It was the collective. <laughs> um, I like the drinking since breakfast crowd. That's generally the <laughs> fan base I attract. I like it, though. Did you, did you sit as close to Julie as possible so you could scare her as much as possible? <laughs> I want to make it clear. You're not part of the show for the rest of the night. <laughs> Let me, no, 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 because it is a punk rock show. Just you behave. All right. Simba down now. You guys remember that funny sketch? I oh, yeah. Simba, yeah. Down. Simba down, down, down now. Character. This guy's... How you doing? All right, good. He's got beer. All right, cool. So we're, we're drinking. What I've done is I've found a bunch of uh, old clips of uh, punk rock stuff uh, from, from yesteryear. That's, a, that's an expression <laughs> I'm comfortable using. Um, basically, stuff from the 80s and 70s, and uh, I, I will show them to you, and uh, we, will, we will comment about them. Uh, and I think that this first clip just sort of sets the tone of, uh, of the show we're going to do this evening. I've seen beatniks, hippies, and flower children. I've heard Guthrie, the Beatles, and the Stones. It seems the musical fashions change with each new batch of students that come into my classroom. But musical styles are still a very important form of communication for our young people. Hi, I'm Joe Feinstein, and today on Teen Talk, we've invited a group of punk rockers and Hell new yeah. wavers and all Hell kinds yeah. of rock and rollers to talk with us about their extreme forms of communication. Welcome, panel. Welcome to Teen Talk. I'm wondering what kind of music Teen Talk on <laughs> A discussion with host Joe Feinstein and several teenagers on the subject of punk music. Um. I like Axe a lot, and that's like well-known. And I like the Urban Gorillas, which are getting out there. And Moocher and the Moochettes. Moocher. Urban Gorillas, Moocher and the Moochettes. Okay, Rhonda, what's your style of music that you like? Okay, my style of music is basically right now country and western. Mm -hmm. I have yeah. um, heard other kinds of music, and to me right now that seems to be my place. Why don't you like punk rock? I don't like punk rock for um, a few different reasons, mainly because of the violence that is thought of when you listen to punk rock or the words of the songs and the different kinds of dancing that punk rock has is more of an aggressive type and the whole idea is just very aggressive. Very aggressive. Okay, you're entitled to your feelings. Keith, what kind of music is you? Yeah, like punk rock, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Hell yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, what, yeah. Uh, why do you like this music so much, Keith? Well, I don't really like the hardcore, you know, like... No. You no, tell them every like the friend slam, I had you know, in high school. Yeah. Most punk music is played overwhelmingly loud. It can literally leave you senseless, and it almost has a kind of drug-like effect. Yet, from what I hear, uh, hardcore punk rockers refuse to use any drugs and I'm wondering panel is that true <laughs> yeah. so there you go yeah wow. yeah uh, do you find that hardcore punkers um, 
don't use much drugs because the, the, the music itself is too punk. It's so it's a drug itself, in itself. Yeah. yeah. Punk hey, is a drug in a itself. A few things about that clip. The timing yeah. is so like this off. Like, the timing, timing is, is everything yeah. for this. Like whether it was like cutting out before that answer, like when Joe Feinstein decides to introduce himself. Like I have a feeling <laughs> yeah. like I have a Joe, valid question. Who is Joe Feinstein? He's a high school teacher. <laughs> he is a high school teacher. <laughs> he's a high school teacher. <laughs> but like I feel like even at a singles bar, he'd be like, punk rock. I've seen beat like and it'd be like, hi, I'm Joe Feinstein. Yeah. I want to say this. I didn't agree with Rhonda, the country western fan, (laughs) but I want to give her credit because that was straight up teen talk. She was part that was teen talk. You're you're entitled to your opinion. The title isn't agree with me, the title is teen talk. She was a teen and she was talking. I I have a hunch about Rhonda. Oh yeah? The um, mullet head, the mullet head woman who likes country western. Yeah, I, I bet I, I have the same hunch. I don't mean to be like. I feel like she's retarded. Like, oh, <laughs> I feel okay. like she has a like functionally low IQ. <laughs> I don't mean to use the R word, but I mean I mean it. I don't know where you're not part of this. I, I w- like just because we don't look intimidating. I will come down there like Cheetah Chrome from the Dead Boys and like bang this microphone in your face. It will get punk rock. And I'll shit like GGL and I'll shit my spanks. <laughs> and that, and I'll tell your girlfriend I love her like Dr. Frank from the Mr. T Experience. Yeah. Because I like that pussy punk rock. <laughs> We're, we will have none of that uh, on this uh, program. All right, the next thing I want to show is, uh, is, is very famous. It is the Sex Pistols on Bill Grundy. Have some, some people seen this? Do you guys know what this is? Basically, the Sex Pistols, uh, when they first became a band, were on essentially the BBC's uh, version of the Today Show, and um, it did not go as predicted. Uh, let's take a look. A punk rockers. The new craze, they tell me. Turn it up. Turn that up. Heroes, not the nice, clean Rolling Stones. You see, they're as drunk as I am. They are clean by comparison. They're a group called the Sex Pistols. And I'm surrounded now by all of them. Just let us see the Sex Pistols in action. I am told that that group have received £40,000 from a record company. Doesn't that seem uh, to be slightly opposed to their... Anti-materialistic view of life? Uh, oh. More to marry her. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, tell me more about we it. We fucking spent it, didn't we? <laughs> I don't know, have you? Yeah, yeah. it's all gone. Really? Down yep. a boozer. Really? Mm-hmm. Good Lord. Now, oh, I want gosh. to know one thing. <laughs> what? Are you serious? Are you just making, no, trying to make gone. me laugh? Go on. Really? Yeah. No, but I mean about what you're doing. Oh, yeah. You are serious? Mm. Beethoven... Mozart, Bach, and Browns have all died. Really? What what, what are we saying, sir? Wonderful people. Are they? Yes, they really turn us on. But they do. Well, suppose they turn other people on. That's just their tough fit. It's what? Nothing. A rude word. Next question. No, no. What was the rude word? Shit. Was it really? Heavens, you God, right little oh, All right. So what about you girls behind? Right. Like your dad, are you? Uh, <laughs> or your granddad. Are you worried or are you just enjoying yourself? Enjoying myself. Are you? Yeah. That's what I thought you were doing. I always wanted to meet you. Did you really? Yeah. We'll meet afterwards, shall we? <laughs> yeah. You dirty son. You dirty old man. Well, keep going, Chief. Keep going. Go on, you've got another five you seconds. Di- Say something outrageous. You dirty bastard. Go on, again. You dirty fucker. What a clever boy. What a fucking rotter. Well, that's it for tonight. The other rocker, Abel, and I'm saying nothing else about him, will be back tomorrow 
I'll be seeing you soon. I hope I'm not seeing you again. From me, though, good night. I kept expecting him to report on, like, who found the golden ticket. Like, every time I see This would never happen today. It just wouldn't carry the same punch if, like, LMFAO went on Jay Leno and, like, you're a fucking raw... It just wouldn't mean anything. Or, like, Kathy Lee and Hoda. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's like breakfast TV, yeah? Yeah, breakfast TV. And, and this caused, like... A, a national scandal. Like, the Sex Pistols documentary is called The Filth and the Fury. After the headline of the Daily Mirror, the next day after this, there's one guy who apparently got so angry he kicked his TV set down. Okay. Like, he put his foot through a TV set. It's pretty Thereby tame. accidentally contributing to the punk violence he was so opposed to. He was so opposed yeah, to punk say, violence that's a pretty that punk he started way to smashing react appliances. To punk rock. Yeah. I hated that appearance on TV, so I learned three chords on a guitar. <laughs> I learned three chords on a guitar, and I booked the fucking VFW Hall in Clifton, New Jersey. And me and Big Wig and Humble Beginnings are gonna. <laughs> That's how much I hate those. Punks. They also did an entourage like nobody else. I oh, mean, awesome. it was so cool. Like, and it, and it's funny because you see like punk and disco, and like in some way they're just like two sides of the same coin. Yeah. Like disco had entourages up the wazoo. Yeah, and it ju- was and a- just as much uh, use of like uh, mandrex or quaaludes. It was you know and makeup and costume. I mean, yeah. it's all pretty flashy. It's really funny that like punks and disco didn't get along. But then there's this great interview in one of the uh, punk documentaries with Legs McNeil, who's the guy who wrote Please Kill Me. He's the guy who founded the uh, the, the name Punk Mag. Magazine. And uh, he even admits now, like, I don't know, we were really hard on disco. It's kind of cool. It's kind of the same more, shit, more. It's kind of fun. Yeah. So I, a I porn like... star sang that song, and she barely got it out. She's like, <laughs> more, more, oh, need a break. <laughs> You're like, what? That's the third lyric. Um, but but no, at the, at the time, like when the Sex Pistols went on tour, disco and punk did not mix. I'm actually this next clip is a bunch of footage uh, from Sex Pistols fans uh, from their only American tour. It's from a movie called DOA: A Rite of Passage. And uh, just wait until you get to the guy. Jake, where with, do you get all these videos? For, uh, I'm I have a sad life. Uh, no, the, the, this is like pre-internet for Jake. Like you've been collecting this, this stuff since this. This actually comes from uh, a VHS tape that I have. Uh, but all these clips are available on YouTube. You just have to know what to type in and search. Yeah. Uh, so wait until you get to the guy who has tape on his face in the shape of an X. Hell yeah. <laughs> tape face. I'm going to call him Tape Face. <laughs> It's worth all the money we paid and all the trouble we went through to get out here. Fuck no, they're garbage, man. They're garbage. Hell I like yeah. it for me, but I don't think I'd recommend it to anybody. <laughs> all I can say is, it was a vicious, rotten thing to do. What? I've been living in Italy, and I feel like I really missed this whole movement. I think I heard one time that they urinate on the audience one time. Why, I don't know. It just sounds goofy. Because it's fucking cool. That's why you pee on the audience. It's cool to do that. I think they got a lot of balls. It's about time we got some street fighting men here in America. It's about time we got someone to rile the people up. It's better than homework. It's better than a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, sometimes it's kind of boring in itself, but it's something to do. That would be a Sex Pistols holster. I think it was great. It was uh, short and sweet. The way I like it. Uh, very loud. Roman Polanski. Very energetic and uh, very <laughs> he does nice. Like well, I thought when I saw Johnny Rotten's face, I thought I vomited. He's so beautiful. Sex pistols are used and used the best way possible. I admire him for it. 
because they've been up, they've been, they've been factory workers. They'd grow up and do nothing unless they would uh, use the news and use the media to make something of themselves. And that's finally what they're doing, and they deserve it. Y'all are taking pictures of people. They're doing things that normally doesn't happen, but you're making a big thing out of it. Well, that's and that's what the sex the pistols journey. are using. Those guys can't sing the war the shit. I'm really into it and into the punk rock scene, and they moved me. They made me shake more than I've ever shook before, and that's what the what makes them the best. Yeah, what are they He's not even going to address this situation. What are they singing? Who cares? They're singing. They're singing. Who cares? Who fucking cares? Get out of here. What, what are they saying? Who, who, it isn't what they sing. Get out of here. Yeah, what are they saying? Sing. Get out of here. Get out. Get. I don't want to mess any cameras up. I don't want any trouble. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That wow. guy's awesome. That guy. Tape face. Man. That guy. That guy's the best. That guy is the best, right? Like, who is that guy? Uh, <laughs> is that guy from Fame? It Somebody also said... like, seems like a deleted scene from Pink Flamingo. He's like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny to see, like, the, it's like heavy metal parking lot for, like, this yes. particular, you know, moment in time when everyone looked like a pederast. <laughs> And everyone kind of was a little bit perverted. It was right? a different time. It was an appropriate thing to take a girl in Jack Nicholson's hot tub and put her, give her champagne and quaaludes. <laughs> kind yeah. of, even if you were famous, like you dressed up like. I'm just saying, like it's not a coincidence that all these people look like perverts. Yeah, and but especially the guy who dresses up like Groucho Marx, kind of. Yeah, like him. Oh. Who was the fucking movie reviewer? Um, Gene Siskel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, the Sex more? Pistols are playing tonight. I better get out my old Marx Brothers costume. I was gonna say, who's more punk rock, Gene Shallot or Groucho Marx? Great question. Great question. Groucho Marx, right? Groucho. I feel like it's Groucho. Groucho, uh, definitely. I, yeah. I think uh, Groucho took acid. He did. Oh, uh, like a skidoo. Yeah, every, but like he, it was legal then, though. Was that punk rock, or was that just what people were doing? I think that was just pharmaceutical LSD was yeah. a thing that you you did if you were in Hollywood and were in therapy. So if Groucho, I wish that was still the case. Groucho was right. Groucho was the front man of a four piece unit. Yeah, I was going back. I'm going back to Groucho being punk. Yeah, he's the front man. Well, I always feel like the he Marx Brothers are like the Beastie Boys. <laughs> I feel like they're like the Beastie Boys, the Marx Brothers. Yeah. The three of them, they're like wiseacres. They would like show up naked in hotel lobbies. And but if but if Groucho is punk, then what is Gene Salat? Prague. <laughs> yeah, Jake, how did you discover punk rock? I discovered punk rock. Um, Via the Ramones, for sure. And I discovered the Ramones via a movie called Times Square, which we're going to talk about later. I'm right. very And they're excited. still your favorite group. The Ramones? Yeah. Who's better? Who's better than the Ramones? No, Has there been right. a band that's Let's been better than the Ramones? Let's applaud, everybody. Let's applaud for that. With a all louder, due respect maybe. to Lana Del Rey, <laughs> the Ramones are still pretty great. Um, sometimes punk rock would show up on television, uh, particularly uh, in, in the early 80s, on uh, your your procedural shows. Uh, let's take a look at this. L.A. Coroner Quincy says punk rock contributed to Team Scott. Whoever killed that boy was listening to words that literally cried out for mine. I won't forget Zach. I loved him. You stabbed him. It's not possible. We have a warrant for arrest. You're the killer. Your whole sick society. Could persuade a kid to act like that. Maybe the greatest persuader there is. Music. You're not really saying that music can kill, are you? The music I heard said that life was cheap and that murder and suicide was okay. This is where Quincy goes and tries to reason with the punk rockers. Thank you. 
Now, many of you know Abigail Garvin. And all of you know that the police are looking for in connection with a murder that happened right here in front of this stage. Now, all the charges against her have been dropped. She's innocent. If she comes back, nothing will be done to her. Why should we believe you? If I knew who that girl was, I sure as hell wouldn't tell a cop. Because that's all you are, man. It's a dog without a uniform. I don't care what kind of names you call me. I'm only interested in helping Abby. This is right out of a John Wayne movie. <laughs> Look, we have reason to believe that she's with Zach's real murderer, Molly Howard, and Molly is trying to push her into a codeine overdose. So please, if you have any information. This doesn't sound That's like a complicated crop, problem. Mr. Codeine overdose? All zombie killers. You're the killers. Your whole sick society. That's who's guilty, man. We're just your lousy scapegoat. Besides, man, who the hell cares? The apathy. Who the hell cares? Dia, Dia de Muerte has I'll, a point. I'll tell you who cares. Maybe this guy coming up cares a little bit. You guys, do you think he cares? Ah! He's definitely going to go talk to Quincy later. <laughs> Why can't, uh, you, you know, you don't see uh, dubstep on Law & Order these days. I'm just saying. It's like that episode of Dragnet where they discovered LSD yes. and they had to like, it, it's like it, Paula Tompkins has a whole act about like, go ask Alice how it's like old guys at typewriters yeah. figuring out like what teenager, like what makes them tick, first of all, yeah. how they talk and basically what their deal is. It's so funny because it's like 1981 Los Angeles, black flags playing shows. Uh, and then across town is the writer's room for Quincy. It might as well have been. And it been... couldn't be a further distance. Yeah, it could might as well have been in Australia. Yeah. Now, you grew up in the city. I grew up in the suburbs. So you were like around. You would like see people and understand what punk rock was. Like I was a, a suburban kid. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> and so, I still was like, I'm on their side, man. <laughs> fuck Quincy, man. This Quincy trying to harsh everybody's buzz, man. The fuck off the stage, man. Nobody wants you there, Quincy. It's also funny, like, whenever goths are in the mix, because oh, there are yeah. some, clearly those were some goths. There was a baseball there. fury from the Warriors there. <laughs> Dude, that is something I miss about punk rock genuinely, though, is that when you used to be able to go and see shows, and it, was the, it would be like two hardcore bands, a ska band, yeah. the lightest punk, pop punk band you ever saw, and then, like, a fucking weird industrial band, and that, all on the same bill, and it looked like that in the room. Yeah. Well, you have the Beastie Boys, who started out as a uh, a hardcore band in New York City, and then sort of as a bit started doing hip hop and uh, got very very successful with it, and then still would do hardcore stuff, but they became a hip hop band. And this next clip uh, involves um, the Beastie Boys uh, and a discussion about them. Oh shit! Jake Fogelman, good job curating. Jake. Listen to now some uh, to some lyrics by the Beastie Boys. The Beastie oh. Boys. Here, here, here it is. Uh huh. Okay. I wonder if this is just a serious generation gap we're going through. Uh, some of those other lyrics say, "I'll take no slack because I got the knack." I'm never dusting out because I trust that crack. You wanted to say what? 
I wanted to talk about, this is an example of the change in content and why parents and other people are, cons are concerned. Mm -hmm. They say white parents. Oh, they not gosh. only make references to oral sex, oh, invite God. the young kids, they're admittedly, they've got 13-year-old girls basically as their fans, to come onto the stage and have oral sex with their road crew. They have a 20-foot inflatable... Mr. Bean does not like that idea. Page ...and they take her Mr. top Bean's off the door and put their mouths on her breasts. This is in their concert act. There have been news stories about this around the country because people in the communities had no forewarning and they were taking their 9 and 10 11 year old kids to this concert uh, they're not the only ones there I know they come out and they say uh, how the four letter word are you yes Gang, of yeah. course a lot of profanity a lot of references to sexuality inviting the young kid inviting the teenage you girls in the audience to bear their breasts I mean the I can't believe no one ever found a sex outrageous act I mean I don't think that any kid in America looks at oh them gosh. and listens to what they're saying and says you know writes it down and says I'm going to do what they say they are a joke the lyrics, the lyrics flashed on the screen were obviously social satire, and Jello I would Biafra. interpret it as making fun of idiots who would use crack. A lot of the language is the same thing I would have seen in country western songs. Again, if I'd just seen the words on a piece of paper, I might have thought, hmm, could this be country? Could this be hard rock? See, could this be the Beastie we can't Boys? Yeah. The Beastie Boys are the most and tight this guy. in rock and roll by their own admission. Oh, that is, their act. Yeah. That is what they sell. Mm -hmm. you know? And how can we confront that? They're tasteless that? and proud of it, yes. Hey, absolutely. Yes. absolutely. It's almost impossible to raise Christian children in an X-rated society because we cannot be educated if we do not know oh. what is on the cassette. Such I bought my daughter a cassette last year for Christmas, and a friend of mine saw it, and she said, I can't believe you bought this for your daughter. What album was it? Uh, it was something, I think, by Madonna or Prince or one of those. I had no idea what the words were on it. Madam, has she seriously damaged your daughter? <laughs> People, like, put, like, types of music, like, they immediately associate it with the bad lyrics and stuff, you know? But, I mean, you're buying a record, you're buying it for the music. I mean, like... Just it happens that the stuff I listen to has like gloomy, doomy lyrics. But I mean, if Lionel Richie puts a song about a, about necrophilia, I'm not going to go buy his record. Just I mean. if Lionel Richie yeah. puts out a song about necrophilia, I would totally I would buy, buy that. The shit out of that record. In ten seconds. I would yeah. buy it twice. On I'd gift yeah. it. Yeah. I wouldn't even do Spotify. I'd throw out all my other records, <laughs> and I would just play on a loop. Yeah. Um, so that is, you know, Jello Biafra had a, a lot of problems uh, with the PMRC, uh, which was Tipper Gore and a bunch of Washington housewives got together and they were uh, the, the parental advisory explicit lyrics uh, sticker that's on all of our records today. And some cool people's T-shirts, to cool be fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Those exist today because of uh, of Tipper Gore and the PRC. This was a huge. There were Senate hearings about this, which featured Frank Zappa and John Denver uh, together in the same room. Together at last. Um, what's I? I got really nostalgic for see because I grew up with like Donahue and like yeah. the four o'clock shows, Dally Jesse and like. The, seeing the lyrics in that font and having like a daytime host read them is such a specific trope of that. <laughs> like whether it's hip hop, whether it's punk rock, whether it's anything. I mean, there's just always been somebody there. to. And then I'm like, who is doing that now? Bethany Frankel? I don't know. I don't watch. I don't watch that hour. I guess Ellen DeGeneres. But she's not. That's not really her gig. And you have to assume that when the Beastie Boys saw Oprah reading their lyrics, that was like the greatest fucking moment. Of their Giggled life, right? their balls off. I'm sure. Like, yeah, that's perfect. You know, especially them. You know, that was still the we're running around with a shopping cart full of beer. Uh, and they did have a high, they did 
did have a giant hydraulic penis on stage. That happened. But no 13-year-old girls. That's just insanity. That was like, this is the height of the uh, satanic panic as well, you know, where uh, kids were listening to records backwards because uh, the devil put stuff well, in Well, it has a lot to do with the 80s, 50s thing. Yeah. Like how in the 80s, people really wanted to turn back the clock and like skip Vietnam completely. <laughs> and a lot of that has to do with like rock and roll is the devil's music. And you're like, haven't we been through this? <laughs> We've already like discovered disco. We've made yeah. LSD illegal. We're in a good place. Reagan is president. This is not a threat. And yet <laughs> it, it really seemed to culturally be that way. Um, the, the next thing that we have is, uh, is a commercial for a, a very hardcore punk rock compilation. And um, each song in this compilation gets more punk than the next as it yeah, goes on. I've seen this one. I like this one. Yeah, it's very punk stuff. Very punk. You know what really makes us mad? <laughs> Wasting money on CDs with only one or two good songs. Yeah. Talk about punk. Yeah, we got this CD called Punk. It's loaded with our favorite tunes, man. Yeah. Just listen. This is real. This is not a kids in the hall sketch. This punk CD has 36 tunes, man, and I'm telling you, they're all great. Yeah. You also get Huey Lewis in the news. Oh my God. Romantics. And the fix. this CD by calling this 800 number, man. Yeah. So call now. of these great songs on two CDs for only $26.95. Or two cassette tapes for just $21.95. Here's how to order. To order punk, call the number on your screen. Or send <laughs> the number doesn't work anymore, you guys. CDs or <laughs> in case you want to order it. Shipping and handling to the address the box is still valid. I love is available. that girl. Remember, this special I love offer that, like, is not sold in stores. Like her line was like, yeah. yeah. And yeah, that she was chewing time. gum. And you know that there was like an exchange between her and the director. And be like, I'm going to just play this like valley girl. They're like, that's fine. What Do you're doing is fine. What if right in the middle of all those songs, there was just one song by anal cunt that scrolled up? <laughs> just one. Like, you went to see Tishwala in Everclear, You're Gay by Anal Cunt. <laughs> and then the fucking Eurythmics. <laughs> what do you think is the least punk of any of those songs? Oh. It's really hard to choose. The, the Escape Club Wild Wild West. <laughs> I was going to say either. Yeah, it's got to be that one. Or, you know, Human Huey by Lewis. The, Huey yeah. Lewis is the least punk. Well, no, Huey Lewis isn't very punk, but the news are punk as fuck. Yeah. I refuse to say anything disparaging about the cars. No, the cars are the greatest. Well, all those bands are great. I don't think we're not saying they're... There's some great songs on that. Yeah, but they're just not punk. Not one of them's punk. Um, The title of that should have been We Have the Rights to All These Songs. (laughs) 
That should have been the name of that compilation. Yes. Um, okay, so you mentioned Donahue, and uh, what we're going to see right now is a, a little compilation I put together. Um, the New York hardcore kids were on Donahue at one point, and um, it didn't go well. So then they went on Regis and Kathy Lee to talk about it. So you're going to see talk some about Donahue. Yeah, to talk about the Donahue appearance. So you're going to see some fanning the flames, Regis and Kathy Lee. <laughs> they were doing recon. You're going to see some clips of Regis and Kathy Lee and some clips of Donahue. Let's take a look. And the coolest girl ever. All right. Let me introduce our uh, punk rockers uh, to you today. This is Natalie sitting next to me, born and raised here in New York City, graduated from the Hewitt School for Girls on the Upper East Side, currently a junior at NYU. A boyfriend is the leader of the band Murphy's Law. His name is Jimmy Gestapo. And uh, you just wait. Jimmy's an Astoria right now. Yeah. Uh, next to her is Todd, who was 16 years old, born in New York City, been in the hardcore scene since he was 11 years old. 15 months in reform school, it says here, Todd. Plays guitar for the band The War Zone, a junior high school dropout. Christine, next to him, attending Pratt Institute in Brooklyn, been into the punk scene for six years. She's about 21 years old. I'm out. <laughs> Ray, one of the more outspoken members of the punk underground here in New York, been in and out of a lot of bands, around 21 years of age. And next to him is Debbie from Canada, left there when she was 13, currently writes a fan magazine for punks. Currently addicted okay, to heroin. Look, yeah. We've all seen, you know, the punks around town. One of the why, why you chose this lifestyle. Nice Let's pants start reach. Why? Why not? No, I mean, other than that. Well, I mean, everybody, everybody's into their own thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's some people are into heavy metal. Some people are into being junior executives. We're into this just because this, this scene gives you the opportunity to be an individual. And you get to say what you want to say and do what you want to do. And if anyone disagrees with you, they can come up to your face and tell you so. But, of, you know. but you know when they write about it, the writers always say this was born out of a frustration that uh, you guys had somewhere along the way with yeah. your parents, yeah, with your family, with Superb. How did they know that? Superb- how did they I don't know. These experts keep writing all these stupid books and having these stupid and talk shows. Money. Like Phil Donahue, you had this ridiculous show on. I'm sorry, Phil, but you really blow. <laughs> and uh, all he did was yeah. all he did was put words in our mouth. He kept talking about us. You hate your parents, right? You hate your parents. You're all fascist Nazis, right? Right? And we're like, where are you getting this from, Phil? Is this about being angry at your parents? I'm going to ask this one more time. I know that there's a mixed bag here, and I'm not suggesting you all march like wooden soldiers. But is this what happens when the adult community goes about its task of workaholism and doesn't pay much attention to the kids? Or is that blame mom for this? And should anybody be blamed at all? Well, he's getting it from the same place we get it from, but, from what we read about. It. Well, where do you read these things? Well, well no, New York Magazine for oh, Okay, let's God. start with that. that he hates New York Magazine. <laughs> I spent my whole life hoping a girl who looks like that would date me, and it hasn't happened. It will never happen. This is the writer of the New York Magazine article on Donahue. What troubles you about Peter's story? I don't know how some dude in the three hundred dollar suit can know what hardcore is about when it comes from your heart, man. Well, I ain't gonna go through the whole article. Did you read the article? Yeah, I read the article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What mainly bothered me is that the article seemed to be about two groupies and nothing about nothing. What is this? The Natalie saga? 
Why was it Natalie? Why wasn't Murphy's Law or any other bands mentioned? No, didn't, I didn't Murphy's Law was mentioned. No, in the it was article. it was it was like Dynasty, you know, Alexis Hamilton of the Hardcore scene. Well, then tell me where it comes from, because it is kind of an eccentric way of life. You know what it is? These people get these ideas. All right, we're going to do this great story on, on this, like, bizarre cult, right? And they go down to bars, and they, they eavesdrop in on conversations, and then they don't even print the whole truth. What they do is pick the most sensational, they you know, stories. Sex, drugs, orgies, you know? Thing. I mean, like, the whole article is supposed to be on the music scene, and he ends up writing about my sex life. Who cares about my sex life? I do. Everybody cares I about care. Everybody cares. All of us. All of us. Everybody wants to see you, Doc. Yeah. It's almost you all I do. You are why the suicide girls <laughs> exist. Yes. Oh, my God. I know. Oh really, all God. that was about oh, was showing her. I know. I know. Who I know. is she? Very pretty. Who girl. is that? Where is she? I don't know. Dead. No, I don't think so. I don't think that she's dead. I hope she's okay. I think she's way okay. Oh, I think man. she eventually was like, fuck this, and like wrote a book. Yeah. You know? Well, clearly at some point she was like, this scene's played out. I'm going to go be a junior executive. <laughs> He's played out, man. It's not about the music anymore. It's, it's literally like you would almost expect like Gordon Gecko from Wall Street to be watching that on a little black and white TV in his limo. Totally. And, totally. and being yeah. like, I don't understand this. That's, that's my yeah, that's my Gordon Gecko impression, that apparently. That dream. Um, All I want is a girl like that to bed me and then right afterwards be like, You weren't good at that. Like <laughs> that's like my dream woman. You want her to be mean to you while oh, she's betting you, Yeah, too. I know. Uh, she can is start that, halfway is through. Is that fucked up? Because I agree with Chris no, about that. No, it's not. It's normal. Oh okay, good. It's normal. Like, I mean, punk girls are a whole thing. That's a whole oh, thing. Yeah. yeah, it's a whole industry. Oh, yeah. they're, no, they're they're great. Like, I, I, I just, I just, I think that she had a point when she was talking about that the article is about groupies. Like, I was kind of interested in that because there is a lot of shitty machismo stuff that goes on in the punk, like the real punk world, not the yeah. like Donahue version of it. And to put that woman front and center, and obviously she's like a really commanding presence, is great. I just hope that, I, I hope her boyfriend's not an asshole, is I guess what I'm saying. Dude, Jimmy Gestapo? <laughs> <laughs> he, he like I guess totally, my hope is He seemed totally reasonable. Her, Jimmy Mr. Gestapo Mr. seemed like he had a lot of love to Mr. give. Mr. and Mrs. Gestapo <laughs> are registered at Crate and Barrel and uh, Trash and Vaudeville. <laughs> Um, uh, this next clip, more Regis. Uh, Regis actually uh, gets along with punks really, really well. Yeah. Look at Dee Dee down here. Yeah, Regis. poor Dee Dee. The last guy on the couch, you know, never really gets to, to participate. Dee Dee, how you doing down there? Very God. jolly. Today. He's robust. Yeah, Dee Dee reminds me of the lady from East Strasburg. <laughs> the same kind of personality. You know. <laughs> You're not related in any way then, right? No. Your parents still living in, uh, in this area? They're still alive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, who parents writes know these songs? Romance. I want to be sedated in teenage lobotomy. Do you guys write them? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Can you give me the lyrics to uh, teenage lobotomy? Just talk. Well, talk. Sa Sammy Davis, I think, might have written that one. <laughs> can, can you just give me the first couple of lines of teenage lobotomy? Because I may want to use it at the Club Benet. <laughs> hey, hey, we, we played that. You did? Of yeah. course. Everybody right. plays there except right. Atlanta Symphony. But give me the first couple of lines of teenage lobotomy. DDT did a job on me. Right? DDT 
Did a job on me. Did a I, job on me, yeah. Now I'm a real sickie. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm a real sickie. This is getting good. <laughs> and then what happened? Guess, guess I'll have to break the news that I have no mind to lose. <laughs> <laughs> Even you got to laugh about it. <laughs> Very clever. Very clever. <laughs> Incidentally, you can tell he's the lead singer because he's the one wearing the spiffy leather pants and the other guys are in just the uh, Levi. <laughs> right. So, Dee, you're happy, aren't you? Yes, I am. Oh, that's good. <laughs> He's jolly. He's yeah. a jolly kind of guy. I'm very happy to register going to a festival in California, uh, in Europe. We're, we're doing, doing the shows running out there. festivals. You guys are big in Europe, I take it. Yeah, we're, we, God, uh, we're like gods. We're like gods, yeah. 25,000 people a night sometimes, and uh, 3,000 people a night over there. Do the girls go crazy over Didi? Yes. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the handsome he's one. The, he's the, the heartthrob. Yeah. You married Didi? Yeah. Ten years. Where's your wife? She's at home right now watching the TV. She's a big fan of yours. She watches every morning. Oh, well, that's nice. We're always up at 9 a.m. Us, the Ramones. Yeah, sometimes. Well, what? Dee, Dee, do you take your wife? Yeah, I took her to California. No kidding. Wait, in 1978? No. I wish they were throwing to a remote and it was him and his wife. Oh, God. Yeah, I took her for 10 days. How do they deal with the groupies? You know, they My wife will punch him in the nose. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Is like, who's more endearing than the Ramones? They're like Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> and Laverne and Shirley. There's four Laverne's and Shirley. Um, I love that Regis loves Dee Dee so much. Dee Dee, who you remember, uh, wrote a song called 53rd and 3rd about um, blowing guys for heroin. But Dee Dee, Regis and Dee Dee are like, I want to see them do a show at the Club Benet together. Me too. Like, it's just wonderful. No, it's great. I mean, they're just so affable. Like, I could watch that all day. Like, Kathy Lee didn't seem to put her two cents in. What would it be like if you... Well, I know Marky Ramone just tweeted, Julie, happy yeah, birthday. that was amazing. That made my day. I just was, like, picturing, like, you're having... Happy birthday! Po- <laughs> <laughs> he, he's on your podcast, like... Hey Julie, thanks for having me. I on the would die. Well, my the my the producer of my podcast, Spoonie, was just like tweeting random celebrities, be like, "Hey, it's my friend Julie's birthday. Yeah, we wish your, her happy birthday." Your friend Spoonie told me to wish you a happy birthday. <laughs> Jose can't say go to and take the bait. <laughs> <laughs> Marky Ramon did. This is Marky Ramon from the Ramon, and that's how he tweets. It sounds like it's- we, yeah, it's like here's a picture of me in Rome. It's great. I, it's the best. And uh, and he has a spaghetti sauce right now. Um, Mark Hermon's no. spaghetti. The arrabbiata. Yes, he does. It's best with penne, but you can have any kind of noodle. <laughs> I fucking love the Ramones and anyone who doesn't is they're an the asshole. Best. They're the best. Yeah. Well, the great thing about the Ramones is like they're a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. Yes. I can't believe that they weren't. They're not Looney Tunes. They're not Dizzy. They're not Tom and Jerry. Like they're, you know, sort of like coarsely. They look like the cavemen in Hanna-Barbera. Tom and Jerry are not punk. They're very uh, swing music era. Yeah. Because there was that one episode where Tom has the big stand-up bass and sings, Is You Is or Is You Ain't My Baby. And it's the greatest thing ever. And you put that on Tumblr I and did, you're like, hey, teenagers. Hey, teens. So we're, going, we're saying Hanna-Barbera were the punk cartoons? No, Hanna-Barbera Hanna definitely Barbera punk. Was no, the Josie and the Pussycats. Cartoons. Huckleberry Hound, Quick Draw McGraw. Yeah. Quick Draw McGraw used to hit people with guitars. Are you That's fucking true. kidding? Jabberjaw? Jabberjaw. Uh, yeah, it's, um, well, I think we solved that. But then the Archies were a Hanna-Barbera cartoon and they were not punk rock at all. They're power pop. Oh, they are power They're pop. They're power pop. Totally, totally. Um, and then there's Huff, like, 
Puffin, never mind. HR Puffin stuff? Yeah, we, that's like Prague. That's Prague. Yeah, now that's Prague rock. <laughs> that is some Prague rock stuff. Um, okay. Um, Saturday Night Live booked one yes. punk band once. Uh, um, the best. And what? And this is a hard clip to find, but I have, uh, I have found it. We're going to see... Um, it's a musical performance, and then I'll tell you the story behind it, but... I, I forgot how funny the lyrics are to this song. Uh, so just uh, listen to the lyrics of it and enjoy Fear on Saturday Night Live. I want to remind everyone, this is Saturday Night Live. John Pardo Ever been a bigger fuck you to a network television show ever? This is the same studio where they did church chat. Hello, this song is about how much we love you. This is a... We're just kidding. We want to make friends. Anybody got a match? This song is... For every one of you, for every one of you that voted, this is for Republicans and Democrats alike. And it was at this point that they were just like, you know what, fuck this, we're going to commercial. <laughs> no, look, it's just like, you know what, enough. They only let the Foo Fighters do songs. <laughs> yeah, they just, ba- they bail the fuck out. That was great. Where do you find that? Uh, that one I found literally on some weird Russian YouTube kind of website. Yeah. It's like a, it was very hard to find, but... Um, they try to hide that one. They do. It's not on any like uh, DVDs or anything. What it's, season is it? It is the nineteen. It's really interesting uh, story. It's the nineteen eighty one season. Uh, it was after Gene Domanian had taken over the show for thirteen weeks and tanked it. They relaunched it as Saturday Night Live eighty. So they brought in Dick Ebersol to produce the show. Uh, Dick Ebersol was looking for any connection to SNL before it turned awful with Gene Domanian. So John Belushi said, "Look, I'll come on and do the cold open." 
if you book fear. <laughs> and Ebersol was not in a position to negotiate. So he's like, all right, yeah, okay, we'll book fear. That's fear. Now, the best is that John Belushi, the cold open, is literally him walking out of a bathroom and smirking to the camera. He says nothing. That's it. And uh, yeah, Belushi was like a big punk rock guy. Like, uh, this was at the end in Los Angeles. Kathy Smith, uh, a lot of cocaine throughout all his old blues records and said, I'm only listening to punk from now on. Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. And, uh, and, and, it, uh, and the interesting thing about it is all of the punks that are, uh, you know... Moshing. Moshing, yes. The slam dancing. Um, they were organized by Ian Mackay of Fugazi. Really? Yeah. And Ian Mackay is somewhere in the midst he of that is? hell. Yes. The, the password to get into Rockefeller Center that night was Ian, Ian Mackay. Mackay. Yes. To the after, after party? I, no, to, the, to that. They were just like, let's invite some punks up to, uh, you know, hang out and slam dance while fear play. That'll go well. That's he did the show here when we opened exactly. the theater. yes. And was telling us the story backstage. And he was like, yeah, I got a call and it was like oh this is lauren michaels office someone wants to speak to you and i was like who's lauren michaels then i picked up the phone and he's like i heard a voice go like ian it's uh it's john belushi what's up bro and he was like not much man i don't know you at all what do you call me for and then they organized and ian told us that the whole the whole night rockefeller center was overrun with dc punks and new york punks fist fighting in the hallways yeah, they for don't dominance. like each other security and I, I forget who it was it was like harley flanagan or something like it was a halloween episode like picked up a giant pumpkin and just brained a security guard <laughs> and then really? it was, and then all these punks just like scurried like rats through all of rockefeller center and joe piscopo is trying to like you know rewrite yeah. a sketch <laughs> he's best. like frankie's uh <laughs> breakfast cereal I wonder who they booked the week after. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I or should they find did, out. They did like, oh, really I, hiatus. Probably someone from the hit compilation, Punk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let's get uh, some real punk in there. Um, I also like when Fear tries to go political, <laughs> as so many punk bands do, by going, this is for the Republicans and the, Republicans and the Democrats. <laughs> Jake, you should put a compilation of like punk stage banter together. Oh, there's great. a great... Uh, seven inch that Thurston Moore put out. Um, there was a metal band, Venom, and the seven inch is literally—it's none of their music. It's just the stage That's banter brilliant. in between, brilliant. and it's stuff like, oh. "All right, you fucking pretty loud, New Jersey." Uh, the Beastie Boys sample Genius. it on "Check Your Head." That that oh, sample really? where you go, "You wild man, wild." <laughs> That is from the Venom, Venom Seven Inch. I will find it, please do, and I will put it on the That's internet. Fantastic. Um, this next clip uh, needs absolutely no introduction. Next series of clips. It's been said that beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and nowhere is that more true than Look in my studio today. Shoulder. Let's meet these artists now, and we'll also meet those who feel their work is nothing but smut. This is Gigi Allen. Yes. <laughs> the most wild punk groups pale in comparison. I don't know if you'll recall this, but he made the news recently, Gigi did, when it was revealed that he relieved himself on stage, live. <laughs> Why, Gigi, did you feel a need to, uh, to defecate in front of a live audience? Well, my body is the rock and roll temple, and my flesh, blood, and body fluids are a communion to the people. Whether they like it or not, I mean, I'm not, not out to please anybody. My, my rock and roll is more not to entertain, but to annihilate. I'm trying to bring danger back into rock and roll, and there are no limits and no laws, and I'll break down every barrier put in front of me till the day I die. 
Fuck yeah. But the applause, in case you're curious, is coming from uh, a, a GG uh, Allen fan club there in the first two rows. Notice the cool mustache on the third guy in on the first row. Get a shot of him? Merle. What's his name? That's my brother Merle. He's my bass Merle. player for the murder oh. All right. Great. I love that mustache. It's really a happening, happening. Uh... Rock musician Gigi Allen sees himself as a savior for America's young people. He says he's training them to carry out a revolution based on destruction and violence. Joining us now are two of his devout followers. Wendy and Liz are both 17. And they say they'd do anything for Gigi Allen. Really? Anything? Yes, I will do anything for Gigi Allen. I will die for him. I will do anything for him. He is my God. He is my daddy, and I will do it all for him. He's your daddy? What's that mean? He is my daddy. He is I've adopted me. her. When she came out and followed me on the road, I told her, I, I showed her more things than her daddy could ever show her. He is my Literally. daddy. And on Father's Day, what did you do, daddy? On Father's Day, my daddy gave me the great gift of letting me watch him masturbate, and I got in his mouth, and it was the greatest father-daughter experience I've ever had in my life. Got nothing to say, Jenny Jones. my show, I'm going to give them the hard lesson of life. If you get raped at my show, you're probably better off for it. <laughs> you said, way to go. Stand up. You you think it's a great idea that he rapes people at his concert? <laughs> uh, it's not a great idea, but if you go to one of his shows, you know what you're getting into. Yeah. Okay. I've been there. I know what but it's how like. How can you, you, because you, I just stood here, you, I saw you here, and you were kind of applauding and, and laughing along, and you think that his message is a good idea, that it's perfectly okay, it's a perfectly okay to take a woman out of the audience and rape her. Dude, you know that guy watched that episode and was like, why the fuck did I stand up? Why did I fucking stand up, He's man? like, he really got me in a corner. What, how, how did this shit fly? You know what I mean? Like, did anybody go, come on, you're not, none of this is real. Like, this was shocking when this was on television. People were, like, freaked out by this, uh, it's wrestling. It's I know, it really is. And it's it's gayer somehow. <laughs> like I, I watched the, the, the Gigi Allen documentary Hated recently for the first time and I was like, this is all like this is standard fare it's like P Town at Bear Week. Like, oh I'm gonna have somebody piss in my mouth. You're like, Welcome to Thursday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you not know, like, like like for some reason in like the straight like conversation, this yeah. guy's like crazy whereas like I have friends that are going to P-Town this weekend and they're going to be doing that stuff before <laughs> Thank noon you. you know I love also that the director of Hated the G.G. Allen documentary oh, is yeah. Todd Phillips yeah, director trip. of The Hangover sure I, it just it just seems it's sort of like the same kind of like that just dudes being crazy like yeah. it's that well, kind of movie. What's also great about that the fact that like Gigi did the rounds in terms of daytime television. Yeah. Like usually daytime television can be really reductive, but they pretty much got it right when it came to like <laughs> what his deal was and what he was into. Like they pretty much like that was like everybody was on the same page. But just but just there's another later in that episode. It's the Jane Whitley show. I don't know who that is. I don't remember her talk show uh, but later in the episode the one of the uh, uh, parents comes out of those two girls and is like hey knock it off sure what are you doing and I'm kind of you know what I'm a little older now yeah. I, I kind of side with the dad like yeah. yeah don't don't go out on tour with Gigi Allen no just don't <laughs> no don't do it ideally um, no <laughs> 
Or maybe like Gigi, but not Merle. Not like Merle. there's something way darker about Merle, his brother with the Hitler mustache and the bozo sideburns. Like Merle's still alive, and that's how, troubling. How proud is Gigi of his brother in that clip when Geraldo's like, oh, that guy with those, that's my brother, Merle. Gee, my brother once went to a Merle Haggard and the Murder Junkies concert in Philadelphia. Merle Allen. Uh, Merle, Merle Allen, Haggard. sorry. That would have been Merle awesome, Haggard. though. Merle Haggard, Merle Haggard the like, junkie. fronted the Murder Junkies oh God, after Gigi died? Merle Allen, Merle Allen. That would be amazing. Oh, God, that would oh, be... Wait, your brother sorry. went to a... Merle and the, Mur- and the Murder Junkies. And there was, it was this venue in Philly, and there was also a battle royal going on, like a wrestling battle royal <laughs> wrestlers. And a riot fucking broke out, obviously. People were sm- hitting each other with like fluorescent light bulbs. Like punks were fighting pro wrestlers. There's blood everywhere, and it wasn't like part of the wrestling. Like a riot broke out. My brother ran to the very top of the bleachers and just put his back against the wall because he's like, now no one can sneak up on me, and I can just wait till this dies down. From across the room, he saw Merle just still sitting at his drum set, putting a drumstick in and out of his asshole, just <laughs> watching the whole thing, just watching everybody fight while he fucked himself with his own drumstick. The guy's for real. That's why I don't know why you guys are like, yeah, hey, you see that stuff in P-Town, man. I think Gigi Allen was pretty fucking weird myself, man. And Gigi Allen was a pretty fucking dark individual, personally. Uh, <laughs> fucking secrets, man. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Gethard, Julie Klauser. Thank Jake you, Jake. Thank, Thank you. This has, been, uh, this has been the best. There it is, the first episode of The Fogel Nest Files. Hey, if you enjoyed it and you're listening through uh, Earwolf Presents... Go over and subscribe on iTunes at the Fogelnest Files. You just type in the Fogelnest Files in iTunes, it'll pop right up. You guys know how the internet works. I don't need to explain that to you. And I'm told that if you rate and subscribe to the podcast, that that's good for the war on terror. It's good for America. Remember, you can actually see all the uh, the clips that we played on this episode by going to Earwolf.com. I do want to tell you to follow at uh, Julie Klausner on Twitter, at Chris Gethard on Twitter, julieklausner.com thechrisgethardshow.com and me I'm at Jake Fogelnest and jakefogelnest.com there's everybody's internet stuff hey you want to come see the next episode of the Fogelnest Files we're going to be doing it at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in Los Angeles we're doing it every month the next taping is Thursday August 30th 2012 9.30pm you can get tickets by going to ucbtheater.com one of our guests Mayor of Podcasting, Mr. Paul F. Tompkins. Thank you so much for listening. This is going to be fun. We'll do this once a month here on Earwolf. This is Jake Fogelman saying, Seacrest out. This has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Aukerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf Radio. Boom.com. The Wolf Dead. This is Tony Rodriguez. This is Carlos Santos. This is Riza Licea. And this is Oscar Montoya. When our powers combine, we are Spanish Aquí Presents. We have a brand new podcast here on Earwolf, bringing you the best of the best of lo mejor of the Latinx comedy. 
Join us every Tuesday as we chat about what's going on in our lives, Latinx culture, and ¿qué es lo que? Lo que no está picando. Lo que te pica. Don't worry, we'll tell you what that means if you listen. We'll also be joined by a new guest every single week. We'll get to know a little bit more about their lives. Every single week. Uh-huh. And then we'll make them sit back and watch us improvise their lives right back to them. Improvisation. <laughs> Spanish Aquí Presents premieres July 16th. Subscribe now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. O donde sea. Spanish Aquí Presents. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.